Hey everyone, welcome back to The Transfer. We're thrilled that you're listening again. Uh, wanting to know more about God and His Word. It's fantastic. It's what we're all about. We're doing a bit of a somber one. I'm Jared. I'm Pastor Beck. It's a somber one because we didn't get to talk about one of the saddest parts of Scripture. Really? Well, this part, yes. <laughs> this is the sad part. We don't get to the happy part, I don't think, in this uh in this I think if you were there it would be sad but we can sit 2000 years later and that's why we can call Good Friday Good Friday. Yeah, it's sad though because to think that somebody would have to do that for me. That's That's true. That's the sad there, part. There's I'd, definitely a reflective element too. Yeah. To I'd, this ha- I'd hate for that to happen to anyone and it's sad that it happened. It had to happen to Jesus like that's the the uh, outcome is fantastic is amazing i love the outcome but the the event is sad okay well if you're sitting there going what on earth are they talking (laughs) about you can turn to mark chapter 14 and you'll see that remember we talked about the first 10 chapters of mark happened around over a two-year period uh probably even more and then the last chapters from chapter 11 on to chapter 16 are all in this final week of Jesus. Jesus has come in on a donkey. Um, mm. He has turned over things in the temple. He's addressed um, certain issues about taxes and, you know, when he's, when the Messiah is going to come. And now some things will happen that really are just building the case for Jesus being the Messiah. It's building the case that Mark is making that... Um, this plan of God to usher in his kingdom is being established. Uh, it's interesting that it all happens in the emotion and the roller coaster of Passover week, which even today is such a significant time on the Jewish calendar. And so uh, they will, um, yeah, well, why don't we go ahead? Why don't you start us off in chapter 14, verse 1 and 2, and then we'll see where we go. Do you want me to start reading? Yeah. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeing, were seeking how to arrest him, talking about Jesus, by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, imagine, that's, that's your nickname. You're not Simon. You're not Simon the nice guy. You're Simon the leper. Fantastic. As he was, as he was reclining at... A table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, Why was this ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you. And when, when, whenever you want, you can do good for them, but you will not always have me. Yeah, so this is really significant. When someone was going to be buried, mm-hmm. they would be anointed. Um, but the actual um, combination of ointment that she used here is fascinating because she used ointment that would be used on kings. Now, we'll learn later today um, that over Jesus' head when he died on the cross was a written sign that said, this is the king of the Jews. He will smell like a king. Right. 
when he goes into um, you know all the trials that he faces and when he is beaten and flogged she anointed mm. him with this very very costly oil I mean I don't know if you've ever um, we um, were able at one point in our air conditioning to kind of do a there's a filter and we used to use this oil a Christmas mistletoe oil and I would get someone to go and put it on I remember putting it Did up you there, put it up there? Put, <laughs> my hands smelt for days right put, put it on some hessian and then not get it actually in the system but put it on the outside so that when the wind caught it it would fill the church it was awesome I still love to do that at home yeah. um, filling my house with that smell but I know that if I got a little bit of that on my hands, it would yeah. take days to get rid of the strong scent. This ointment that she poured on him was worth a year's wages. Like, I have no perfume that is worth a year's wages in my, in my house. I mean, my most expensive bottle of perfume is probably a couple hundred dollars. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, aftershave that I get at all gifts, I never buy it for okay, myself. Exactly. So I, don't, I have no idea how much it costs. But he or she uses ointment that would that would say, I am the king. Mm. I, I just think that's the most amazing prophetic announcement that she makes with her worship. Worship always declares and announces who Jesus is. I love Jesus' reply to this because it wasn't like, oh, shut up, she's done something nice. It's like, if you want to do something from the poor at any time, you can go for it. Like, you will always have the poor. I've only got a few days, so leave her alone. If you want to go do th- things for the poor, go for it. But this can only happen now. Yeah, I guess, and I want to address those kids that maybe find the idea of worship a struggle. Mm. You know, the idea of lifting their hands or expressing themselves or singing or, you know, using their bodies to express thanks to God. Here's, here's this woman at Bethany who went and spent a whole year's wages. She breaks open the flask and she pours it over his head. Now, when Aaron talks about the anointing of the priest, what would happen? They would anoint the priest. Head. They would anoint his head. So he is priest and king. Mm-hmm. We would know that he is our great high priest who makes intercession for us. And so... Everything that she is doing is prophetic in the picture of who Jesus is. But it's also, I just want to challenge you, if you find worship a struggle, go ahead and read about this woman. She was not afraid to um, pour out her praise on Jesus, make a bit of a scene, didn't care who saw her, um, didn't even care the things that people would say about her, but Jesus would see it and he would say, Everyone's going to know about this for all time. So then Judas would betray Jesus. This is quite, um, you know, uh, I, th- I think this is the sad part of the story, that a guy that Jesus called, hey, come follow me, a guy that he's sewed into, he's invested in, he was the treasurer of the crew, he looked, so he was responsible. Um, he, all of a sudden, he betrays Jesus for money. Interesting that they didn't make the tax collector the, uh, <laughs> the treasurer. <laughs> yes. yes. But they made Judas. Can the you go ahead and read from verse 12? 12, yeah. Uh, on, oh, so the Passover with the disciples. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. 
And wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, Where is my guest room, and where may I eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. There, uh, there prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve, and as they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one of you who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and said, and, and sorry, they began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after another, Is it I? And he said to them, It is one of the twelve who is dipping bread into the dish with me, for the Son of Man goes goes as it is written of him but woe to that man whom the, by whom the son of man is betrayed okay so i want to stop there i don't know in my bible i have this underlined but it says they began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after another is it i these are guys who have been with him for three years yeah and they don't know if they're going to betray him like that for me that is such a check for my heart that you know sometimes we don't even know the condition of our own heart only God knows the condition of our heart and for them to come back and go is it me lord like such humility on in these on behalf of these guys i think oftentimes we ribbit the disciples gee why would you say that oh what didn't they know but here they ask this is it i and i think we would, you know, we would be um, true, I guess, to even what we know about ourselves, to say sometimes I don't even know why I do the things I do. Mm. Paul would say it this way, the things I do want to do, I don't do, and the things I shouldn't do, I do do. He says, you know, sometimes we're conflicted in that and we need to know that we're human and can make mistakes and... And these guys got sorrowful and said to him, is it me? And I think we very rarely do that. Mm. Um, in some of the other accounts of this last week of Jesus, they'll include where Peter denied Jesus three times. And he does exactly the opposite to what he does here. Because in that situation, he'll say, no, I will never deny you. And then, of course, he does. Interesting to me that when he says, is it I, it's not them. Mm. But when they say, no, 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 I'll never do that, he actually does it. Anyway, I think that's interesting. And so then Jesus then, so they're in this Passover meal and he will take the cups in a Passover celebration. I don't know if you've ever done one of those. We've done a couple as a church and done some as a family. But um, in a traditional Passover celebration, they have cups. And it says here, and as they were eating, he took the bread and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them. And he said, take this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. They all drank it, and he said to them, This is my blood of covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And this language seems a bit, this is weird. Why is he talking about covenants and blood and wine and, and bread and all this kind of stuff? Well, the interesting thing is that when a man used to propose in that day, um, the groom's fathers would meet, and then they would negotiate a bride price. They would negotiate, you know, well, okay, if you have my daughter, then I'll, you know, you need to pay this much. And they're going to... It would be a very strange conversation. It was a traditional cultural yeah, kind of thing. Very strange conversation. But then as the man then was sealing this deal of, mm-hmm. of new life that 
that they were entering into, he would offer his cup to the bride. Mm. The bridegroom would offer his cup and he would say, this is, this is the new covenant, this is my cup. Um, and he would use this same language. Mm. And so what's Jesus doing here? Because normally they would use quite different language in the Passover. What's he doing? He's saying, no, 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 this is about relationship. Yeah. This is about a covenant between you and me. I'm um, devoted to you. You're devoted to me. Yeah, I love you, and I'm going to sacrifice myself to you. Um, well, then um, Jesus will, of course, tell Peter he's going to deny him in verse 26. And we'll go down verse 32 where Jesus will pray at Gethsemane. And I've been to Gethsemane in Israel. It's... Um, amazing there are still um, yeah it's still a place you can go and visit um, it kind of goes all the way up the hill the Mount of Olives is at the top of Gethsemane and the idea is that Jesus would often go here to pray and so one last time he goes to the place that he would regularly go to pray and he would take some friends with him and he would say hey watch and pray mm-hmm. Now listen, if they haven't eaten a whole lot and they've just drunk four glasses of wine or however many glasses you drink in, the, <laughs> I not, think it's four. But not an excuse to go home and drink four glasses of wine. No, they, they were, um, it was a cultural, very thing to done in in the day. It was not illegal in their day. No. Um, it would be for you if you're under 18. So, but they will have drunk from that cup. So there is thought that these guys... As they go with Jesus, he tells them, watch and pray. And I don't know about you, but after Christmas or a really big meal celebration, all you want to do is like, oh, I'm exhausted. and yeah. I'm going to sleep after this. And these guys fall asleep. And he goes and wakes them up. He says, can't you, can't you at least pray with me? Like, I'm going through the hardest time of my life. And what do they do? Fall asleep again. They fall asleep again. But you can kind of understand. They just had a whole bunch of lamb. You can understand. Yeah, but they had no idea what was around uh, the corner. And so eventually Jesus is having this gut-wrenching you know, conversation with God to the point that he even says to the Father, like, if it's your will, take this cup. Mm-hmm. And he gets no answer. Yeah. And sometimes we wonder, you know, when we're faced with stuff and God doesn't give us an answer. Um, exactly how we thought or we would is more convenient for us but he did the same for Jesus because he had a bigger purpose and a greater purpose with us in mind Mm. so then it goes down to verse 43 you want to go ahead and read that for us yes uh, so the betrayal and arrest of Jesus and immediately while he was still speaking Judas came one of the twelve and with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away, lead him away under God under guard. And when he came, he went up to him and seized and at once sorry. And when he came, he went up to him and at once said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out against uh, against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled. Yeah. And then you will um, 
have a look in verse 51. It says, A young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body, and they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away. That is such... Yeah, random detail. A random little detail. There are some scholars who think that that young man was Mark. Right. Was the actual guy writing this. Just Um, wanted to get himself in there somehow. But I don't know. I don't... uh, but it's such a random... It's like, such a random... Like, you've had the Passover, you have Jesus is going to betray you, you have the betrayal and arrest of Jesus, and then there's just a young man who runs through... Like, it's just really weird. It's a really interesting addition. Anyway. Um, you might like to... There's some cross-references you could look up. Uh, you could look up Proverbs 31.24 or even Judges 14.12. It says... Um, and have a look at what they say. That might give you a little bit of insight into those two verses. Anyway, Jesus will then go and stand before the council. Remember, he still smells like a king. Mm. He still smells, um, has all of the air about him as the king of the Jews, and he will go and stand before the priest, the high priest, and um, any idea what happens there? Um is this the part where he just refuses to answer? Yeah, he was made silent and made no answer. So they sent him um, to Pilate, and there's just a little back and forth between these leaders going, I don't want to deal with this, you deal with this. I don't want to deal with this, you deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jesus kind of gets taken from place to place. Yeah, and so they condemned him as deserving to death. Some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying to him, prophesy, and the guards received him with blows and then Peter will then deny Jesus he has walked with him for three years and he's now going to say I never knew you and it's not like he gets asked by a guard it's just like a little girl pretty much yeah one of the servant girls one of the the servant girls yeah I suppose it makes a difference one of the servant girls of the high priest like in his mind he might have known that she was a servant of the high priest and kind of been like who the high priest put Jesus there now I've got a servant from him asking me about who I am so yeah it's um look it's hard to stand in judgment of Peter there to be honest like oh yeah absolutely like yeah like but you could understand just how Peter would have felt like Jesus knew I was going to do this he knew that he knew my heart and he knew I was weak and I I and vehemently denied that I would do do that and I even had that little bit of a warning that he gave me and I still did it um yeah so then Jesus will be delivered to Pilate, mm-hmm. and Pilate delivers Jesus to be crucified. They will have a choice between uh, Barabbas or Jesus uh, to be released, and they will say, give us a criminal mm-hmm. and not Jesus. And so they will mock Jesus, hail King of the Jews, and Jesus is then um, yeah, put on a cross and... Um, why don't we go ahead and I don't know if we're going to do a whole lot of expounding, but we'll finish today by just reading the account of the crucifixion, starting at verse 21. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And when and it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inspection of 
and the inscription, sorry, of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right, one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you would who, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. That just goes back to what he was talking about. He said he could rebuild the temple in three days. Save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests and the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Forgive me for my Jewish, uh, everyone, <laughs> Hebrew. Eli, io, lemma, shabbatani, shabbatani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone, run, someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his uh, in the way sorry and when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last he said truly this man was the son of god there there were also women looking on looking on from a distance among them were mary magdalene and mary the mother of james the younger and of joseph and sal salome when he was in galilee they followed him and ministered to him and they were also among there were also many women who came up with him to Jerusalem. We're going to finish there because we're going to pick up right here uh, in our next episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks. Yeah. Take time.